0: quick disclaimer nothing in this episode constitutes legal advice this is for educational and informational purposes only
1: peace and prosperity
0: hola how you doing
1: i'm doing great how about yourself
0: i'm doing amazing um i want to thank you for coming on thank you for for responding to my dm you know yes
1: ma'am yes ma'am no problem whatsoever i'm glad you reached out to me
0: absolutely the stuff you talk about on youtube like i've been watching your videos it's all very related to like my personal situation. So uh-huh. it's just like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is just like enlightening me on like where to look or where to like start my, cause I've realized it's really do for self. Like you can't really, there's no template for this stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you have to like take it by your situation and go from there, you know?
1: Yes, ma'am. Indeed. Indeed.
0: So before we officially start the episode, do you have any questions for me? My name is Khadija Lashawn, and I am the Black guidance counselor that my community needs. I'm a strategic investor and CEO. I make money in my sleep, and I teach others how to do the same. I share my knowledge, talents, and resources with others. So if you're in need of that motivation or courage to start following your own path, look no further. My intention is to share as much value with you all as possible and to show you that there are many different paths to happiness and many different paths to wealth. You just have to find the one that's right for you. My name is Khadija Lashawn, also known as your Black Guidance Counselor, and this is the Black Creator Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Brian. He represents the business called Stand Strong on YouTube and Instagram. Um, I found him on my personal consumer journey, so I would love to hear more about his story as an entrepreneur, um, the c- kinds of things that he's done in his business, and all that jazz. So, um, really quickly, uh, Brian, could you let me know um, who you are and what does Stand Strong mean?
1: Okay, my name is Brian Eromaye, to be exact, and uh, by uh, my father's from Nigeria, so that's where the name comes from, and in, I guess you would say English, it means Stand Strong, so that's where the name Stand Strong comes from, and I use that name in pretty much the majority of my businesses, mm. so that's the linkage between them. And I started off as a um, journeyman, electrician here in Dallas, building hospitals for the past 15 years around the area, uh, including South. And I even did a casino up north in Oklahoma. And that's what I mainly done here in Dallas. And then about four and a half years ago, I kind of decided I needed to change, change a venue, so to speak. So I kind of quit my job and uh, took a chance on myself. I got involved with real estate, I also patented technology, uh, safety device called the hot gloves for my field of electrical work.
2: Okay, and
1: I kind of it just kind of started from there. Um, I was probably like on my third or fourth business when I started to get into credit repair, and that actually got me into looking at laws. And then from there, it kind of went down a rabbit hole, and uh, I kind of got into the the understanding of mortgage fraud, and beginning to work on my personal situation with mortgages of getting the properties reclaimed or reconveyed to me. Mm. And then I uh, did it multiple times and it keeps working. So I've been trying to share the information to people that we got to read.
0: We do. We do. (laughs) We we got to read. This is ridiculous. I swear. It is ridiculous. (laughs) It is so sad that we don't. Because I'm just like, I've always been a reader, like, but I'm rare. You know, like a lot Mm -hmm. of people, they learned, they picked up on reading out of necessity that was something I just did because I love to do it. You know, like that's just me, but, and I don't mind people looking at me and thinking I'm weird for picking up a book and reading it. Like (laughs) I'm used to it at this point. Like it's been a lifetime of it. So, but you're right. You're absolutely right. There's a lot I want to touch on with that. Uh, but I want to specifically talk about your stand strong YouTube channel and your Instagram Uh presence. I want to talk about that because I want to, um, I know you said that you have Stand Strong in, like, all your ventures. Like, that's the linkage between the different businesses that you have. But Uh, specifically when it comes to teaching consumerism and, like, the laws and just educational, that stuff. Like, tell me more about your YouTube channel and why why you made that.
1: Okay, well, the YouTube channel, um, it's kind of been going about 12 months. Uh, I didn't really put much on there because the information is so that I speak on there's not a not a lot of sources of it right so it was kind of different so I kind of hesitated on putting anything out on YouTube uh Instagram is just short you know a little nothing marking more so but when you get to YouTube you know people go to YouTube for information they're going to sit there for a minute Mm -hmm. you know they're not just clicking scrolling and you know liking there so I was kind of hesitant on going there but after I did the um interview with another uh, sister named sister Kalia on the same type of topic. When I had first uh, reconveyed my, one of my properties, it kind of took fire. It kind of took off pretty good on her page. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe people do want to hear this stuff.
2: Yes. So since
1: good then, so. I just really just been pumping. It's been pumping and and trying to give content that I was looking for when I was getting involved Amen. that I couldn't find, you yeah. know, not only information, but actual receipts and documentation that somebody's actually doing this stuff versus just talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why I try to give a different perspective and also show what I'm actually doing, what I've done, and what I'm working on
0: exactly and that's helpful because it's like it's all individual like everybody has to handle their individual situation with the individual approach they can't just copy and paste what you mm-hmm. did and just be like oh i'm gonna get the same results that's not how it works no. with anything no. honestly so you have to do the work but um i just want to start off by saying i thank you for putting out what you did so far mm-hmm. like just what you did so far has helped me clarify a little bit of a somewhat of a game plan of like Mm -hmm. where to continue my research before taking action steps, because I think something important to highlight about you and what I've learned about your journey so far is that you took the time to research before taking steps, but also you learned from your steps. You know, if Mm -hmm. you took a misstep, it's like, okay, well, this didn't work. Let's try this. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. the whole thing is that we have to realize it's doors, righteous it's gatekeepers at these doors and and you know not all the gatekeepers are going to say yes
2: but you, <laughs> you just got to
0: find right? the right one you got to find mm-hmm. the right gatekeeper and get them to say yes because once you get that yes you in there you know so mm-hmm. but okay so now i want to talk about what you mean by mortgage we're gonna go back okay let's start where the fraud originates let's talk about settlement and financing let's talk about that okay Okay. because i feel like uh, there's a lot of um i'm gonna speak from a point of view of i went through the home ownership process i made it through financing i purchased my Mm -hmm. home Mm -hmm. i'm in the house i've been here for three years i'm speaking from that standpoint i've been paying my mortgage done forbearances and stuff like that but like i haven't done what you've done yet Mm -hmm. but i plan to so what i'm saying is um Let's talk about financing and how cre- mortgage origination really happens. Right. Okay. And we don't have to get, we can get high level with it. Okay. We don't have to tell everything. I know you because I know some things, but Righteous. I'm just going to say, let's talk high level about how a bank originates a loan.
1: Okay. Well, Alleged first process, loan. Uh, they typically, they have you do what? An application, right? Mm -hmm. You fill out an application and they tell you what you qualify for (laughs) based on what your work experience, right? your your income, you know, uh, taxes and all that good propaganda. Right. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, what do they take from you that they claim to verify your identity? Mm. That social security number. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How can a number verify your identity? (laughs)
0: <laughs> wait hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on a second hold on you're right you don't even think about you're that right part because we're natural we people
1: we don't think about that part right we
0: don't think about we that just
1: let them tell us anything and we just go with the flow right because they know best they got our our interest in their mind bull crap okay they need that account number mm. okay they want to tap into that account and then after you give them what they ask of you, they turn around and tell you an amount that you qualify for. Let's say 300000 They say you're approved for 300000 So you get out excited, right? And you say, I'm going to go find me a property in that range because the bank says I'm already pre-approved for three hundred grand." Well, when you sign that application, understand your signature, it's, it's, it's self-authenticating, okay? So, by you signing, your signature actually shows proof of something exists. We call it a signature because it's a sign of nature. So, it's your signature signed that you are the living, okay? So, now you just approve what they gave you, not knowing that your signature released all the funds needed. So, therefore, you were the original creditor. They're acting as creditor slash lender to you. Amen. of your own funds from your account
2: mm-hmm.
1: all right but that's just background let's say we don't know all of that right so we just continue to move forward and we go find us a property well let's say you you find you a property somebody's selling for under three let let's say they're selling for two hundred thousand, right you hey i'm approved for 300 but this is less than that so i'm good to go well when it comes time to close <clears throat> you're gonna have a stack load of documents to sign remember that part
0: on the day you have to on sign it on the day no day 72 hours no nothing
1: No, you, sign it on the day. you don't even see sit it back and think about it none of that don't they're don't gonna have it already it. sticky noted for you sign here sign here sign here
0: and if you take too long they rush you
1: right they driving you off emotion of you're a
0: homeowner congratulations Here's the key. Right.
1: now let's peep to seeing what's going on Typically, you're called into the title office. Okay. Who's there? I know. You have this agreement with. You've been signing papers back and forth with a mortgage lender. What is their name? Who are these people? All right. This is a contract, these are documents for signing. So, whenever you're entering a contract, the parties involved, first and foremost, need to be there, right?
2: Mm hmm.
1: Okay. So, with the parties being there, let's say you have the mortgage lender, right? You have the person, let's say the seller, who's ever selling the property, Mm -hmm. and then you're the buyer, okay? Now, when we sign these documents, there has to be some type of proof of what's going on. So, the first document that's typically signed is what's called the warranty deed or some type of deed. What is a deed? Anything you hear the term deed, you have to understand that that is pertaining to real property. This is a deed. The deed is a record of conveyance, which means transferring ownership. Okay, So the warranty deed is the first document that we have. If you look at your warranty deed, you have two parties to this document.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You have the grantor, and then you have the grantee. <laughs> The difference between these two parties is one is giving or conveying. That's the one that ends in OR. Then you have the one that's receiving. That ends in EE. Okay. Now this grantor is making a statement. They're making an acknowledgement. This is pretty much a testimony of what they're doing right now at this present moment of this signing of this document. And they're giving something. Hmm. They're giving something away to somebody else.
2: And they're telling
1: you that there's no liens, there's no type of encumbrances, nobody's after me. This property is free and clear. And I'm giving it over to you. Okay? Now, any contractual obligation, there's elements of a contract that has to be there for it to be a contract. One, there has to be offer and acceptance. Somebody's giving something and somebody's receiving something. Okay, there has to be something of value in exchange to make it legit. So, on these warranty deeds, typically, from what I've seen, the value given in consideration is anywhere from a dollar to ten dollars. Okay, now the grantor is telling. A story in this document they're telling you what time when where and how this transaction was made and it was accepted on their part as the grantor because they're telling you what they received now they're letting everybody know since i received this value and consideration i'm giving up this to this person
2: Hmm.
1: that person is the grantee Mm
2: mm-hmm
1: now, also, outside of this document now, they typically sign it. A notary verifies them signing, right? I ask them for their ID to prove their identity. Mm-hmm. And then they sign. The notary signs below them. Now, what's typically missing in this document is the person receiving the document, which is you, the home buyer. Okay. Now, for a document to be complete, there has to be some acknowledgement of your acceptance of what was given to you. If there's no acknowledgement of your acceptance, no one has the way of knowing did you accept it, what this grantor gave to you? And if the grantor shall pass and die and go away, technically by documentation, there is no record of acceptance of what was given.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not technically a complete contract, it's an offer. To make contract but there's no history of documentation of that offer being accepted
0: okay so you then went into so much stuff and I understood exactly what you said just because I have a background in real estate I know about contracts I know about agreements and I've also been watching your YouTube videos but (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just saying before we get too much deeper into it. Okay? So you're explaining that settlement there's a conveyance of the property. We're going to restate I'm going to restate what you said and if I say anything wrong, you tell me just so the audience understands and is up to date with what you said cuz you said a lot of really important information just now, okay? So you said there's a first document it's between the buyer and the seller. There's a notary who signs it like to witness that these two people two people signed it, but the notary's not actually they don't have any controller. They're just witnessing. That's what, They're just a witness. But um, it's a deed. It's a deed for real property. It shows a record of conveyance of transferring of ownership. There's a grantor who is the seller. They are giving or conveying the property to the grantee, which is you, the buyer, who is receiving the property. But because it's only one document, because... Hold on. Because there's no acknowledgement of acceptance. It's only an offer. That's it. There's mm-hmm. no acknowledgement of because it because basically all contracts need to have an offer and acceptance. It can't just be an offer. So the offer was them to give you the to convey the house to you, but you didn't mm-hmm. accept the offer. You took the house. You took mm-hmm. you possessed the house, but mm-hmm. as the person, as the natural person, you possess mm-hmm. the house. But until you put it in the records that you accepted their offer Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you don't really
1: you're not really the owner you don't own the property righteous
0: okay and because you own the property your signature should be on all once you do get the acknowledgments acceptance your signature should also be on any deeds of trust after later on, right? Like uh,
1: you went to a whole new document. We ain't got to that document. You're yet. right. You're Jump right. The gun. We I, just I'm on just a warranty so, deed. So Each document is different and serves a different purpose. We don't notice at closing. We think it's all one. No, 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 no. Mm-mm, you're this right. Is the two separate transactions mainly happening right here. Mm-hmm. One just involves you and the seller. It has nothing to do with the lender.
0: Interesting.
1: That's that, and this is why, because when we understand what's going on, the documents, then you really understand the fraud. But when you don't understand what's going on, you can't see the fraud because you think it's all one transaction and it's not. Mm. So, that warranty deed by definition is stating what happens when you go to Walmart. When you go to Walmart, you purchase something, you leave it what? A receipt, which is your proof of purchase. That's what the warranty deed is. That's your proof of purchase of the property. Mm-hmm. Without that document, you are no good to the lender mm. because you're not the owner, right? That's just like me showing up to somebody my neighbor's home and telling the bank to meet me at my neighbor's house. I'm going to put my neighbors up for a loan for collateral. I can't put up collateral that I don't own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So but that's proof that you own already either. owned the property before the bank got involved. Mm-hmm. Nobody can counter that. The only person that can counter that would be the person that gave you the home. You got a testimony, a, an acknowledged statement signed by a notary
2: mm-hmm.
1: of what transpired that day. So if anything, the notary could also be called in as a witness to state who was present and who was not present
2: mm-hmm. on that
1: day. Amen. Okay. Now. Now. We're done with the warranty deed, besides the fact you never accepted it. So that's what I tell people to do. First, go accept your property. Before we get in details of a contract, you got to make sure you're in a position to speak on it. You're not even the owner. Why am I going to argue you about details if you're not the owner? Mm-hmm. We, can, we can be challenged.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: See, that's the point of the, the, the county records. The county record shows as a, a bulletin board what's done in a private goes to the county records if it wants to be for the public to see
2: mm-hmm.
1: you don't have to put deeds at the public records office you don't have to i can sell property and keep the deeds in my pocket all day long i only need to bring proof the deed when there's a conflict yeah there's a controversy to prove that i'm
0: the owner when there's an alleged debt
1: well it didn't have to be a debt it could be something with the title You know, somebody could be claiming that they, you know, that they have did some work. It could be anything, right? That people Mm -hmm. put liens on other people's stuff. (laughs) For no reason, thinking that they live with or that's just relative. I'll get their attention. So, it's just the fact that as long as there's no controversy, that there's no need for a deed to be viewed. Hmm. Okay? Okay. So, now, we've talked about the warranty deed. Warranty deed is a what? Proof of purchase. Okay, so now, uh, depending on what state you're in, you know, this judicial or non-judicial. Some states have mortgages, some just have deeds of trust, and some even have just a deed. They're all the same; they just change titles and the number of parties involved slightly different. Either be three or it's two. So I like to always go with deed of trust because it's easier to make it to make sense, and then anything less than that, you already got it.
0: Before you get started, can you say uh, really quickly what you mean by um, non-judicial or judicial?
1: Non-judicial versus judicial just means whether they can take your home secretly without going to court or they actually have to have a court order to take your home in foreclosure.
2: Mm hmm. So, and,
1: typically, if you okay. have a deed of trust, it's understood that it's a non-judicial state, meaning they use the deed of trust so they don't have to go through court. Now, a trust, when we say trust, we have to understand what trust is because we kind of change this uh, category. going be kind of moving to trust law, okay? They're all involved contracts. America's built around contracts. The first contract any of us is held liable to is the birth certificate. So, yes, your government contracts with infants.
2: Hmm.
1: How can an infant sign a contract? Mm-hmm. There's a baby act. that states that a baby cannot enter into a contract.
0: You're right.
1: So your government violated that act.
0: They're a minority.
1: Hmm. Well, let's keep moving on. So, understanding that you have to, there's part of an element of a contract. Once again, person signing has to be of sound mind. Mm-hmm. OK, And the age of majority, able to speak up on their own, OK, and make these types of decisions. So in a trust, you typically have three parts to a trust. OK, now I'm going to compare this to the warranty deed as well, because in a trust, you have what's called a grant tour or trust Notice they end in the O.R., now mm-hmm. the trustor is the person entrusting something. The grantor is also the person in the trust is granting something to someone else. That's why that first position has a dual meaning. Now Can you say that put, one
0: more time. What did you say?
1: The grantor
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: trustor.
0: And you said and it has trust, double a meaning.
1: Double meaning because the trust is the person entrusting. That's the one creating the trust.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At the same time, he's the grantor because in this trust, he's granting responsibility to someone else which is a fiduciary that we refer to as a trustee mm. okay just like we said before with the with the grantor and the grantee now we have a trustor and a trustee same relationship to a grantor and a grantee okay now the trustor is entrusting something on behalf of someone else which is the beneficiary which is the third person So we have three parties to a trust. We have the grantor slash trustor. We have the trustee and we have the beneficiary. Now there's another part or position that the trustor grantor can play. And that's also called the settler. As long as he's alive, he can settle the affairs of the trust. He's the Mm -hmm. settler. Okay. Okay. Now that's going to come back into play later.
0: Who can settle?
1: The, the grantor? The grantor or the one that has all the power. The grantor is the most important person in any document. As okay. long as they're living, they have all control. Now, they relinquish some control to a fiduciary, but in the event that fiduciary violates or acts outside the guidance of the... They can be fired. Okay? There's a maximum law that states uh, notice to agent as notice to principal. Notice to principal is notice to agent. In the event that the agent acts outside of the acts or commands of the principal, the agent can be held liable. Okay. So these corporations, they have agents. Corporation is not real. So they have agents that act on behalf of the corporation. Root road of corporation is court, which is dead. Death. They're dead. Corpse. Okay. They're dead people. Mm -hmm. Dead people have no rights over the living. Footnote. Okay? So, in these three positions, you have to understand who the positions are and what their roles are. The beneficiary don't have no role. Beneficiaries are trust on babies. They just benefit from what was entrusted for them. Mm. The trustee is the babysitter. It's like when we have children, we have a babysitter. That's a trust that we're forming. With the babysitter and the children. The children are the beneficiaries. The babysitter is the trustee. The parents are the grantors or trustors.
0: Amen. But we don't know none of that. That's never disclosed to us.
1: No, because you're conditioned to move as a certain way in life. And that's to be as a consumer or as a servant or as a slave. Mm -hmm. He who does not know his rights doesn't have any. Mm. The best slaves are the ones that don't know they're slaves. Anytime anybody works without being paid, that's called slavery. That's why taxes are illegal and goes against the Constitution.
0: you get into something else. You your labor. you get into-
1: <laughs> Okay?
0: Yo, you're giving them too much information. I'm it's just so
1: saying much it all ties in together.
0: They can't handle it, okay? We, we can't
1: understand if we don't they, see it they all. They still
0: stuck on the deed part. You understand? I that? know
1: what I'm just saying. I got to throw it all out there because it all to. is hand in hand. And I
0: appreciate it. I appreciate it because it's necessary. They're going to have to do. listen to this episode 10 times 20 times they're like he said what wait wait what did he say about taxes
2: <laughs>
0: where he get this from where what did you read the where did you re-? but no here's the thing we don't read so because you and i know and we read we know there's actual laws that say right, this there's right. actual codes of regulation that are written to protect it and
1: this is why we don't know everything is contracts mm-hmm. the constitution is the contract it's the contract of the land Everything's about contracts in America. It's all about consent. That's why if you know what's going on, you must speak out and rebut, rebut.
2: Exactly.
1: Or not saying anything, you consent, and and it's biblical because they there' they there say there's three levels of faith, right? And they say the first level of faith is to see a wrong, and you just can't do nothing with it, so you just you hate it in your heart. Hmm. The second level of faith is to see a wrong and you try to stop it with your voice. Speak out. Okay. And then the highest level is when you see that wrong, you actually get active and you try to stop it with your hands. Amen. And they say that's the highest level. It is. Okay. So it goes back to, if we see something and we're not doing nothing about it, we're consenting. And calls it tacit acquiescence. You fail to rebut it. So you agree to it. And that's why we have to look at everything we do in commerce in America, because by default we are born into what's called commerce and commerce involves contracts. So we have to know what we are consenting to. That's where the truth and lending and all these acts, anytime you hear an act, that's an action for you to take The Congress is giving you a remedy. But if you don't read the act, you don't know what action to do. Yeah. Because that's where your remedies come through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Privacy act. Amen. You have the right to be private. Amen. But the credit reporting people tell you is public information.
0: Mm-mm. Come on, people. Mm-mm. Because you're
1: not reading the laws that regulate them. Right?
0: Because even the no. employees don't know the laws. No, like the, none just, of the employees they're anywhere. They're working
1: in positions. They're acting in the capacity of something else.
0: It's the enemy.
1: So now we've established the fiduciary responsibility in a trust. So this is what happens. So now you're in this mortgage with these people. They need you to come in as the grantor in this deed of trust because you have something that they want even though they're making it appear as if they have something you want which is a loan. Okay? Now, if I if I call you sister and I say, look, sister, I'm in a bind.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: I need some liquid capital. Loan me three hundred. I'm gonna loan you my pistol that's worth six hundred. My pistol becomes the collateral for what the loan you're gonna give me. Same thing with the bank. We just went to the bank and told the bank, hey, look, we got this house. We just got for a dollar or ten dollars from a potting over there. We're going to give it to you as collateral, but I need that 200000 Let me get that 200000 you told me I was approved for. I mean, you can use this house as collateral, but what happens? We never received the 200000 mm. The proof we didn't receive 200000 is you didn't get no check. There's no type of documentation that 200000 left that bank and came to you. Now, somebody quick. well, hold on now. We got this house. I just told you the house was collateral. But even if you want to think that the house was given to you, read your receipt. How much was the house given to you for? It says $1 a 10. So where's the other $199,000?
0: Mm-hmm. Where's the right? rest of the money? So you said something about how you need some finesse, right? You need to go about it with experience you know you need a mentor you need an advocate Mm -hmm. someone to help you maneuver these situations so how does someone employ you as someone who can give them like consulting or just educational informational things not legal advice
1: oh well first they follow me on social media Okay. Okay. Which is the Instagram and most importantly YouTube, because that's where you're gonna get the you know time. And then outside that is booking consultations. Um, uh, I do have a private group and two more private groups that I'm starting. The first private group is free, but the next two will be a cost to admission, and uh, they're based on courses that I have and I'm dropping. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first one is credit. Uh, I start with credit because that's the foundation. You know, Amen. if you can't get beyond that, we really can't go nowhere else because it starts there. So I typically offer a free ebook upon joining my Facebook group. In that group, I just drop a lot of free information, content, jewels, actionable steps, uh, results, you know, things of that nature. And then uh, we take it up a course. From there, we go to the 3X credit accelerator. So now that you've established credit and learned how credit works, we learn how to use it as leverage to create assets and an extra source of revenue that we can live off of. Okay. Now that we've acquired these things and the next level is the life after debt is which is where now I show you where (laughs) all this stuff is free. You're not entitled (laughs) you're not obligated to pay none of this stuff. It's all free. It's through your credit. And then we start taking those steps to invoke your credit to understand the power uh, of asset protection, and then just establishing things for the next generations to come.
0: Okay, okay. So you have uh one on one consultations, and then you also mm-hmm. have your e courses and your Facebook group. So anybody right. listening, if you if Brian's word today resonated with you, and you're interested in a mortgage conveyance, reconveyance, you're interested in repossession, getting advice not advice getting information and From education prior
1: experience of someone who's already went through it is going through it
0: exactly exactly firsthand experience if you want that you can book brian stand strong on instagram i'm gonna I'm put the stuff in the description um and then just as somebody just getting started on their consumerism journey and just kind of like dipping their foot in the water a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
0: what kind of books would you recommend that people read um as an introduction not like anything you sell but like just an advice recommendation
1: maybe anything talking about the straw man uh there's a few you know small consumer law books commercial law uh, books. You can get a lot of free stuff online, especially with the consumer stuff. You can just download the PDFs. I will more importantly suggest people to read case laws or laws dealing with various topics of consumer act so you can see how it's applied. Mm-hmm. That would be the biggest part because a lot of times we hear stuff, we just read it for face value, but we got to see a case in which somebody brought this up so they can see how it was accepted or rejected so you can learn from previous people's mistakes and errors. Because even what I'm coming with right now, no, I ain't seen nobody with the angle that I'm coming at. And it's just so simple. And I'm just using strictly definitions of the words of the contracts used. Either the information is disclosed or it's not dis- disclosed. Mm-hmm. If it's not disclosed, that's a problem. Because under Consumer Credit Protection, as well as Truth in Lending, we have the right to clear, accurate disclosure.
0: It has, inconspicuous. Yes, inconspicuous? it has to be clear
1: it has to be cons- it has to be clear inambiguous inambiguous
0: yes <laughs> i got you i got you okay no
1: gray area all right anything that could mean two things we need to know which one it actually means
0: Mm-hmm. okay okay and then um you already told us how we can contact you so um the last thing i want to ask you is What is a quote that has stayed with you when you've gone through these rejections, these denials, these doors closing on you? What is something that sticks with you? One of
1: the maximums of law, that the first one to leave the battlefield loses the war.
0: Say it one more time.
1: The first one to leave the battlefield loses the war.
0: Mm. I like that. Don't quit don't American quit
1: continues <laughs>
0: amen 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 to that thank you brian for coming on thank oh, you for man. giving thank the good word out. um i appreciate you i am going to keep you updated throughout my production process but uh right. i appreciate you brian i will keep in touch with you okay
2: all right peace and prosperity
0: you too bye right, bye bye